Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the I Give a Fuck Podcast, starring motherfucking Ross. Hey everybody, happy thanks, what is it, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's what it is, St. Patrick's Day, hope everybody's having a good time, have a few beers, unless you don't drink and then, you know, have something else. Drink something today, because you need to stay hydrated. Uh, depending on where you are in the country, it could be hot, could be cold, could be snowing, could be blazing. We'll find out. Out here in LA, it's been in the mid 80s, which isn't too odd for this time of year. We've had a lot of winter this year, so which is that is odd. We don't normally have this much winter. But I did not come here to talk to you about the weather in Los Angeles. I came to talk to you about the lies in DC, and that's what I'm here to do. So uh, we are talking about um, well, a variety of things today. Um, Let's uh, let's start with the St. Patrick's Day message, shall we? Let's start with uh, this is Edna Kenny from Ireland speaking right with Donald Trump was standing right to his side while he was talking about this. This is a little thing he had to say. Uh, this was uh, earlier this morning, I believe. It's fitting that we gather here each year to celebrate St. Patrick and his legacy. He too, of course, was an immigrant. And though he is, of course, the patron saint of Ireland for many people around the globe, he's also a symbol of, indeed, the patron of immigrants. Here in America, a new great country, 35 million people claim Irish heritage, and the Irish have contributed to the economic, social, political, and cultural life of this great country over the last 200 years. Ireland came to America because, deprived of liberty, Deprived of opportunity, of safety, of even food itself, the Irish believed. And four decades before Lady Liberty lifted her lamp, we were the wretched refuse on the teeming shore. We believed in the shelter of America, in the compassion of America, in the opportunity of America. We came and we became Americans. We lived the words of John F. Kennedy long before he uttered them. We asked not what America could do for us, but what we could do for America, and we still do. And when you consider they built the railroads, they did, uh, they built our industry, you know, it was their backs that built Manhattan. Um, It was a lot of Irish labor that went into this stuff, and... When you think about what they've given here, he's absolutely right that, you know, the value of immigrants is not what they're bringing with them when they're running from abject poverty in desperate hope of any kind of opportunity. You can't judge them by that. That's not where they're doing whatever they need to survive in some cases. And when you look at where they get to, that's the important part. Where do they pull themselves to? A person who came here from any country, it doesn't need to be Mexico, from any country in, in Southeast Asia or other places where they were living in in very hard conditions, and they struggled. They saved up everything they could to afford to be able to get here. They didn't just run over a border. You know what I mean? They didn't just fly in and their visa expired. 
these are guys that they did what they could to get here, some of them with nothing in their pockets when they showed up, and they did everything they could to get themselves ahead and become business owners and become you know, shop owners and to become part of the community and to eventually, you know, get themselves into positions of our government. And, and that's, you got to admire that. You know what I mean? It, the same thing with the pilgrims that came here looking again for new land. Yeah. I know all the, there's a lot of issues as far as the fact that this was land that was already occupied. Yeah. I know all that. We'll have that fight another day. But what I'm saying is that if you're going to judge immigration on, the the teeming refuse that arrive rather than the the community building element that that survives that that thrives that advances you know what i mean the ones that have families and end up their families end up having families and it continues to grow in the community that is what you look that's what you judge people by you can't judge them at their worst and say, oh, well, that's all they're going to be. You know, give them the opportunity. And when Edna Kenny, this is the prime minister of Ireland, could you imagine a president talking about, oh, well, you know, Americans once, we were the riffraff. You know what I mean? If anybody even thought about mentioning that. No, no, no. We were awesome and great and never failed from the minute that our founding fathers stepped foot on here till today. Oh, my goodness, we're the greatest student. You can't ever say anything different or you know, hell will rain down on you. But here's a man who was being honest that they, their people did come here and they were at the worst of their times. But it was their perseverance, their their work ethic, you know what I mean, that helped them to get to where they were. And that's why I always say, like when people talk about, oh, you got your lazy Mexicans, I have yet in my lifetime to meet a lazy Mexican. Yeah, I have some, I've met people that don't exactly love to work that would love to be able to kick it back under a tree and on their day off can go sit in the park and enjoy some shade and just chill and, and that kind of thing. Like I've met those people, they do exist. But to say that somebody that's working sometimes two and three jobs, cutting lawns and, and doing, you know what I mean? And these are the guys, this, I'm not talking about that's all Mexicans. I'm saying the ones that get over here and they're working their ass off. They're literally standing in a parking lot just hoping somebody will give them work. You know what I mean? If they could walk into an employment place and say, here's my social security number, I'd like a job, they would do that. And that's what I mean is you don't you have people of every of every nationality, every heritage, every race that has there are some people that, that in that race, people are people. Sometimes you get lazy do nothings and you so you get that group. But at the same time you get the hard workers that become not only parts of our community, but our mayor and our you know what I mean? You get people that become actual political leaders and business leaders and entrepreneurs and again shop owners and community organizers and just members of the community so to say oh well they just are sending drug dealers and they're sending rapists and that's ridiculous is there a rapist among a mass of people that are coming over a border yes there could be are there some people that spiral into downward things where they, they need help, they don't know how to do it, and their system reacts badly? I'm not trying to defend rapists, but there are conditions that lead people into lives of crime. Crime doesn't just typically happen for no reason. But to say, oh, well, they're just rapists. Well, no, look, look at what's going on in the world. If 
if you're Bill Cosby and you and again this hasn't been proven, but if you're Bill Cosby and you're slipping people roofies and fucking them when they're asleep, you're a rapist. You know what I mean? And that was your thing. But if some bad situation happened, and again, I don't want to. I sound like I'm defending rapists here. I don't know. I hear the words coming out of my mouth, and I can't justify them. So I apologize. I'm not trying to defend rapists. I'm trying to think of how to explain to Trump that that people's lives spiral out of control, and maybe it pushes them into choices and bad choices that they would have made that in other circumstances maybe they never would have. And that's what I'm saying is you can't say that somebody's a rapist until they rape. I guess that's what I'm saying, if, if anything. Again, I'm not trying to defend anybody's actions. People are responsible for their actions. But for us to dismiss people simply because we fear one or two of them, well, we've got white people rapists all the time. We've got white people rapists that get off all the time, that don't even go to jail. Nobody seems to be freaking out about that. I don't hear Trump bitching about how come we don't have these rape test kits tested. I don't see Trump championing that. You know, so you want to do something about it, fine, let's do something about it. But to simply throw out the fear that Mexicans will come over here and be rapists or drug dealers or whatever, it's just bullshit. It's just it's it's the same kind of crap they always push on people because they know there's a certain portion of the population that is susceptible to that kind of racism and that kind of thinking. To where, yes, they'll get all riled up, and then the debate becomes about whether or not we should let in these brown people whether it, rather than whether or not we should let rich people run away with our money. Anyway, moving on from this, I don't know. I, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole, so I hope you're still with me. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you clicked me off on some of that stuff, but. but I do really hope that you're still with me. And, and what I mean is when you, when you want to talk about – caring about people that the Trump administration and the Republican Party in general does not care about people. They're always um, they're always I'm sorry my dog's kind of making noises back here. Stop it right now. Stop it. Sorry about that folks. <laughs> this show's an adventure today. <laughs> anyway, gotta clear my dog out of the room. It's kind of like it's kind of like dude with his kids. Stop it! With the dude with his kids uh, the other day running into his uh, running into his little web web episode or whatever he was doing. Anyway, I'm sorry, man. I'm trying to get myself together here. Um, I was talking about just the the quote unquote generosity of the Christian party. You know, the Republicans always talk about how they are the party of Christ. It's always God chose their leaders and. And everything about them is Christ-like, but then when it comes to um, hungry children, for some reason, they're not quite so on board with helping out. Like the whole idea of Jesus feeding the hungry, that seems weird to them, and they don't buy it. And so you have – this is – speaking of Irish people, you have Mick Mulvaney, uh, and he is talking about school lunches. Give a listen. To do this was to help kids who can't – who don't get fed at home – get fed so they do better in school. Guess what? There's no demonstrable evidence they're actually doing that. There's no demonstrable evidence they're actually helping results, helping kids do better in school. So since they can't show the results it's because you're teaching to a test and you're not actually teaching kids shit they need in life. You're not, you're not making 
you know what I mean? They're not funding the schools to where they can have engaging teachers. They have teachers that are teaching to a mass class that, that students are falling through the cracks on. That's not the issue. But the fact that the school lunches don't seem to be helping these kids get any smarter, better start starving them again. Fuck them if they're hungry. It's not my business. My kids are fed. So that's their thing, man. The party of Christ thinks you should not be feeding children. That that handout's just a little too much. And it doesn't show results. So the best the best option for them is to starve children. Fuck those kids. And that's what they're saying is fuck your kids. If your kids go to school, go to lunch, and they, you expect them to be able to get a lunch at school, whether or not you pay your taxes doesn't make any difference to these people. They want to stop it. And they want to make sure that you have to pay a little bit more. You'll still pay your taxes. That won't change. Your number in your taxes won't change. But you will have to pay a little more to make sure that your kid has a sack lunch because, boy, those free lunches, those kids are eating lobster every day. You know, that's right, man, lobster. And they have French, uh, you know, master chefs coming in and and preparing the best dishes for these children. When will they understand that there's no hard part things in the world? There's rich people that need a tax cut if these guys would just understand. But I'm just tired of this shit, man. I'm just tired of anybody in the Republican Party that says that they are part of, uh, you know, that they're Christians or that they are, you know, following in the words of Christ. Just tell them to shut the fuck up with that shit. It is a lie. You are not Christ-like. You are the Antichrist. You're against everything that, that that the teachings of that book. I don't believe in the the mythical character, but actually I do believe that there is a mythical character. I just don't believe in actually that guy's going to come out, walk down a, a stairway, and come pick up the people he likes. And be honest with you, if he does, good, good fucking riddance to y'all. Can he come and get you? We'd be glad to be rid of you. But the thing is. If you look at the teachings of Christ, these people aren't following that shit. They aren't they aren't helping the least among us. They're helping themselves and they're helping the wealthy and that's all they care about is their little teeny tiny world. And everybody else is a taker. Everybody else is after their stuff. You know, and that's the way they feel. That's what they're trained to believe that there's there's brown people and they're coming to get your stuff. They want your health care. That's the next thing, of course. And these guys want your health care. These guys want to make sure that health care is so expensive that only the the top of the top can afford it. And everybody else, fuck you. Go to the emergency room, which is funny because then you're also paying for it. The people who pay for insurance, you're going to have higher premiums because they're going to have to have some way of funding the people that go to emergency rooms that they don't turn away. They give help to for that one little time. And then the person can't afford to pay their bill. That has to get cycled through the system to somebody. It comes to you. So instead of everybody having insurance, they're going to make sure that you foot the bill for everybody. They're going to make sure that your premiums are higher. The rich don't care. The rich are doing great. They can afford whatever premiums come down the pipe. It's the, If you get any of it, that's the problem. That's the trouble. Here's Bernie Sanders talking about it with Jake Tapper. I think what most Americans believe, and certainly people all over the world believe, health care is a right. Now, what is disturbing also is that while it is true some may voluntarily drop out, the other truth is that older people, according to the AARP, people are making about $26,000 a year, 
will be forced to pay $7,000 a year more than they're currently paying for the same health care. In other words, the cost of health insurance for older people is going to rise precipitously. And many of those people are going to drop out, not voluntarily, it's just that they cannot afford the health care they need. Bottom line is, though, that our goal should be to provide health insurance to all people, not to throw 24 million people off of health insurance, raise rates for older people, defund uh, Planned Parenthood, decimate Medicaid, decimate Medicaid, and take people who today are getting opiate treatments off of the treatment they're currently getting. This is not, Jake, and we should be clear about this, this is not health care reform. You don't throw 24 million people off of health care and call it reform. This is tax reform mm-hmm. providing $275 billion in tax breaks for the top 2% at a time of massive income and wealth inequality. It is a grotesque and ugly plan. And let me conclude by saying this. If you are old and you have no health insurance, you're 55, 60 years of age, and you have no health insurance and you're sick, you will die. You may die because you can't get to a doctor when you should. And that's the reality. If you can't get to a doctor when you need one, and don't tell me go to the ER. You can't go to the ER to get radiation treatment. You know, you can't go to the ER if you have Parkinson's and need regular medication. The ER is not giving you your daily meds. It doesn't work that way. But that's their solution. Their solution is, oh, yeah, we hate socialism, but go ahead and just go to the publicly funded ER because everybody else that has insurance is going to pay for it as long as your tax dollar doesn't go to it because that's all earmarked for the wealthy. And then you have when the whole thing with it is that they don't care and they they think that the people don't care. But right now, everyone's freaking out because they're starting to learn that the people really do care. This is the thing. I, I can't remember who said it earlier this week. I saw in a news clip that uh, that uh, you're going to know if you had health care last month and now you don't. You might not know that your tax dollars are disappearing and going up to the top 1%. You might not realize that. You might not know that your tax dollars are going to subsidies to the most profitable industries in the world. You might not know that. But you know if you had health care last month, you can go see the doctor, and all of a sudden this month, you no longer have it. You know that. So when they start taking this stuff away from you and taking it away from – that's the thing with Donald Trump and the, and the Republicans is they're screwing over their own base. The majority of their voters are poor people that are going to lose their health insurance. And those people are going to be very angry, and they're armed. I'm not trying to incite any kind of violence. I'm not suggesting anyone do anything. I'm talking about the reality. This is setting itself up to be a very dangerous situation. Again, maybe that's what they want. How crazy is that? You know, this is a government that believes it's your right to get shot. By a guy who has the right to shoot you. But it is not your right to have health care to get that shot, gunshot wound treated. And yes, you'll go to the emergency room. 
but it would still be nice to be covered because you know what happens after you get the gunshot, the, the gun, the bullet out, <laughs> you tend to need a little healing time. And you can't just go for, to the emergency room for four days. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And Trump, he talks about the health care. This is a guy that doesn't understand the words coming out of his own mouth. But here's Trump time to talk about his health care plan. As, as one of its centerpieces, a tax cut for investors that would primarily benefit people making over $250,000 a year. Already done pretty well in the past 10 years, as you know. Yeah. A Bloomberg analysis showed that counties that voted for you, middle class and working class counties, would do far less well under this bill yeah. than the counties of oh, Hillary, that. the more affluent counties. I know. It seems like maybe this isn't consistent with the message of the last election. No, a lot of things aren't consistent, but these are going to be negotiated. We've got to go to the Senate. We're going to see yep. what happens in the Senate. Now, right now, we have five or six senators that look like maybe they're not I'm talking about Republicans, because right. we're not going to get one Democrat to vote for it. Again, if this bill were perfect, if it was the greatest thing for Democrats and Republicans, we wouldn't get one Democrat vote. They're going to vote against it. The man is an idiot. If this were a Medicare for all bill where it was universal coverage for all Americans, tell me you wouldn't get some Democratic votes. If this were a bill to strengthen the ACA by providing a public option so that people could could, could compare what their government option was against what private health care offers – so that that would start to keep prices in check a little bit, then I have a feeling you'd get some Democratic votes. The fact that you're looking to throw 24 million people off of their health care, you expect somebody from the Democratic Party to back up your trade wreck? You know what I mean? That's what he's asking. He's, oh, I can't believe they won't get on board with this disaster we're making. We're going to be left holding the bag when this thing fails. How come the Democrats won't vote for it? Man, any Democrat that votes for this might as well just become a Republican. And anybody that votes for that Democrat in the next time that they're up for election is a fucking idiot. Keep those assholes out of office. We don't need blue dog Democrats anymore. It's time to move on from this shit. So Trump goes on to explain why it is – and think about just what he said. When he was, he's talking to Chris Tucker. I can't – or Tucker Carlson. Chris Tucker. <laughs> um, anyway, he's talking to Tucker Carlson. He literally says there, of course, a lot of things are inconsistent with what I was saying before because he was lying to you the whole time. He doesn't care about you, right? But he goes on to say this. Because of selfish, because of stupidity, because it's politics, it's really bad for our country. What's going on? I mean, what's going on for years, but it's really bad for our country. Yeah, because he never does anything for politics or for stupid, as he said. What? It's because of stupid. That's what he's saying to the opposition is. That's the reason the Democrats won't back it up. It's because of stupid. That's our president, man. When you thought George Bush couldn't speak. 
This guy falls into his own traps constantly. Yeah, okay, so it's because of stupid. It's because of politics. It's because nobody – you guys right now are on the, the – uh, Trump administration is calling it Ryan Care. Ryan is calling it you know, Trump Care. The Congress doesn't want to have their hands on it. The White House doesn't want to have their hands on it. But the Democrats should vote for it. Why don't they vote for this thing? Anybody who votes for this shit needs their head examined. But the most telling thing is, and again, you got to listen to what Trump's words are. That's what's the most important thing is, what is he saying? And so this is how he finishes. Uh, we will take care of our people, or I'm not signing it. We will take care of our, well, who exactly is, he didn't say the American people. He didn't say, I'm going to take care of all people. He said, our people. Well, our people can be his rich friends. Our people can be his fucking idiot family. His lace curtain sideshow family that he's got. Who is our people? It's the words he chooses that give away his intent. He has no interest in your life. He, you are a nuisance to him. He, I'm sure that he was as surprised as everybody else that you guys were dumb enough to elect him. I'm not saying you. I don't know how you voted. But anybody that voted for him, he was as surprised as you were when it actually worked. Maybe you weren't surprised by it. Maybe you, the whole time. I, I was shocked by it, I'll tell you. Even as shitty a candidate as Hillary was and the fact that we knew nobody wanted her, and I, 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 she got the majority in California, New York. I get it. I get it. But the, the majority of America, the middle of America, they didn't want her. She was never going to win Wisconsin. She was never going to win Michigan. But even with that, like, I just didn't. I, I'm, I was just shocked. I was completely floored when he won. And now that we're listening to him, he's lying to everybody. He lied to everybody that voted for him when he started appointing Wall Street people to his cabinet. He said he was going to fight against that kind of thing. He lied to everybody when he put an oil company in charge of our State Department. Said that he was going to have a wise and a careful, you know what I mean, that he wasn't going to going to be like his predecessors when it came to war and foreign policy. He was going to be smart about it. But then he puts an oil company in charge of the choices. In, in charge of the direction, I should say. It's just weird, man. It's and and the fact that he's slapping his voters in the face with his cock, and all they're saying is, "Can you stop slapping me so I can suck it for a minute?" I mean, that's all I'm getting from them. They will defend this guy to no end. They don't care what he does. He's right. He could kill a person on on Fifth Avenue or wherever he said it was, and and nobody would say anything. Nobody would care. The left would scream, and nothing would get done, and that would be it. It's pathetic already. And we, we're supposed to be better than this. That's the trouble. That's the trouble that I have is we're supposed to be better than this, but no. Because of selfish, because of stupidity, because it's politics. It's really bad oh. for our country. What's going on? I mean, what's going It's funny on the second listen. It was selfish that he said, and because of selfish, whatever that is. So stupid was, he did say stupidity. Apparently, I'm not listening to my own shit this morning. <laughs> But at the same time, he just he talks like a child. He talks like such a child when it comes out, and 
And the scariest part is we've given this idiot nuclear weapons. I hope, I hope our military has some kind of buffer between the president and an atomic attack <laughs> so that this idiot doesn't do something crazy. I just, I hope, I hope there's some kind of firewall. But sadly, I kind of doubt it. I mean, I I really do. I picture this guy after he has a rough week or a rough day in front of the press or whatever happens. I, I kind of think he sits and talks to the button at night. Ooh, Mr. Button, nobody understands my problems, but you do. I mean, you should have seen his face. If you get a chance, go watch the video with Edna Kennedy, the prime minister of Ireland, speaking with the president right next to him. And he's talking about immigration. And you can see on the president's face, he doesn't get it because he doesn't hate white immigrants. He hates brown immigrants. He doesn't get it. It's not getting through to him what the prime minister was saying. I appreciate that he was willing to say it. But Trump was never going to get it. He was never once going to get it. And that's the thing. That's the whole deal with Trump. He doesn't get it. He spends tons of money, yours and mine, on vacations while he's talking about starving children. And he wants to cut meals on wheels because those elderly, well, they've had it too good for too long now, those poor elderly. So, and that's what I mean. When, when he talks about it, he wants to make sure our people are covered. He doesn't really give a shit about the American people. So I want an answer to that. I want to know who our people who is he referring to when he says our people I don't know we'll see if we ever get an answer I kind of doubt it but this has been mother fucking Ross for I give a fuck podcast and I am out of here for people I will be seeing you guys next Friday at 9am sharp have a good week resist <laughs>